This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi there, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm Christina. And this is The Talking Dead number 277, recorded on Monday, August 22nd, 2016. So here we are, first show in a long time that Jason hasn't joined me, but uh, I've got a fill-in co-host, someone who lives in the same house as me, and uh, indeed, before anyone points it out, has the same name, basically. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. No problem. Kids <laughs> hopefully won't come downstairs and bug us, but... Well, you never know. That's fine if they do. They're supposed to be upstairs asleep. Um, in case anyone's confused, Christina is my wife. Uh, she doesn't listen to the show, and, and... I have. I have listened to the show. You have. I'm just not a regular listener. Right. But I have listened. You you know we do a show. And the important thing is I do watch The Walking Dead and for The Walking Dead. Right. So I can actually talk about it. That's good. No, that's good. That's why you're here. Um, I was going to say you don't really listen to the podcast. You listen to other ones, though, so you know how they work. Yeah, but I haven't listened to a podcast in ages now that I think about it. Well, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. I just took, I've taken a break from them for a while. That's all right. Well, this is good. Um, filling in for Jason. It's the first time we've ever done this together. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end, everything <laughs> is still fine. Um, so, you know, if this is your first time ever tuning in, you might be wondering who this Jason guy is. Well, he's not here, but he's he was here with me through 276 other podcasts pretty much. But he's off tonight. Because him and his wife have just, just recently today had a baby. Yeah, just this morning. Yep, they had a baby this morning. All the other listeners know this because we've talked about it a lot or over the last, you know, few months anyways, as we've been leading up to it. And we knew he'd need some time off when the baby came. And, so, And we're super excited. Oh, yeah. It's, because I've known Jenny since high school and we've known Jason for a long time, too. For a long time, you know. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's great and they have this new baby and it's very, very exciting. So he'll be back hopefully next week, but if he needs next week off too, that's fine. But he'll be back with the details that I'm sure everybody wants to know. Then for now, uh, we can just say that your baby was born this morning. Everybody's doing great. And, uh, he's not going to sleep again for the next little while. <laughs> right. That's for sure. <laughs> that's the way it goes. So hopefully he'll be back next week and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, we have a little bit of other housekeeping to do before we get started. And that is that I wanted to let everyone know that I've started a Spotify playlist that contains all the music that I've ever played on the podcast. And, you know, if you've been listening a while, you know that uh, I usually play a partial song as we go to break in the middle. And um, listener Ashley wrote in and said, hey, why don't you you know, create a playlist with all your Spotify or create a Spotify playlist with all your music and then people can follow along and, and it's all really good stuff. And I thought that was a great cool. idea. That's awesome. So it is called the talking dead. I might change it to the talking dead music or something like that. Um, but the easiest way to find it, if you're a Spotify user is by actually searching for my Spotify username, because talking dead brings up a bunch of results and I'm not, sure if playlists always 
come up in search results. I was doing some testing, and I had trouble finding it myself, and that's a bad sign. Maybe you should rename it The Rocking Dead. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that under consideration. That's not bad. <laughs> See, look, you've proven your worth already. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you, for now, it's the Talking Dead music or Talking Dead. And, but if you search for my username, which is Fearhurst, F E A R H U R S T, you should see a playlist come up from that user. And that's the one. Um, in case you want to follow it, I think there's over 100 songs on there right now. And uh, I know I get emails all the time for people talking about what song did you play? I need to know. Um, if you're not a Spotify user, you can always still find out what songs I use by going to talkingdeadpodcast.com. With every, you know, with every post for with an episode, I list the song I play. So you can find that. And then one more thing about the Spotify playlist. We're in Canada. And so I'm a Spotify Canada user. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if playlists go international. So I hope that not just people on Spotify Canada can find it, because that's going to cut down the number of people who can find it significantly. Um, so I need your guys' help. If you're in the States or you're in the UK or anywhere else that Spotify exists, do me a favor, see if you can find that playlist um, and let me know. Send me an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, and just let me know if you can find it, because I want everybody to be able to find it who can. And if you can't, I don't know, I'm going to have to think of hmm. some other solution because that's not cool if only people in canada can find it i mean it's cool but, for yeah. people here but not so much for everyone that is an interesting point though i don't know now that you mention it that it could be that it doesn't go across the borders yeah i don't know if it's like like itunes where you know there's different content across across different countries there probably is Maybe just some of the songs wouldn't be available in other markets, but the mm. playlist would. I don't know. I, hopefully everyone can find it. So Spotify people, check it out. Search for Fearhurst or, and find the Talking Dead playlist and see it. Let me know if you can find it because I hope you can because I think it's a great idea. Thanks to Ashley for, for coming up with that plan. Good one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we are here, of course, to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. It is back for the second half of season two, season two B, as they call it. And, uh, yeah, it's got... funny. I thought, I thought for some reason we were on to season three today. I went searching for season three in iTunes and I was like, what? And then I realized it was the second half of season two. Yeah, it's season two. The break wasn't that long, though. I felt like it was long, but I don't know. I'm just. The that, amount of shows we watch, I can't keep track anymore. It's like that's good though. The yeah. summer felt long, yeah, because the summer it was summer break, so yeah. it's okay. Um, so one thing I want to do just before we get started is maybe take a second to just take a quick look back at what happened um, at the end of season one A or season two A, the the mid season finale, um, and I did also want to mention the the ratings real quick for that episode which we tend to do which we always do so um episode seven had i think a slightly disappointing ratings haul the number was 4.39 million viewers which um hmm. you know is is still high for most shows but low compared to the the mother show the main walking dead show and actually um the lowest I think, yeah, the lowest ratings for any episode in the first half of season two of Fear. 
Um, season episode six was 4.49 and seven was 4.39. So usually premieres and finales mm, yeah, you'd think. go up a little bit. Yeah. But in this case, it continued to, to slip. So I don't know what that means. It means that uh, the premiere or the, the draw of the finale, I guess, wasn't enough to bring extra people in. Hmm. Or they just weren't digging it as as the season was going along and they just continued to drop off. So it'll be interesting to see what last night's episode got, but we don't have those numbers yet. So we'll get to them next week if we can. All right. So let's take a look back really quick at season or episode um, seven. Uh, Six, you mean? Was it six? No, this this week was eight. Oh, right. We had one through seven, then eight through 15. Okay. So what did you, if you can remember, I didn't prepare you at all. What did you think of um, the mid-season finale and where things left off? Um, well, let me think. Yeah, I didn't think to prepare this part. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. Do you remember what, do you remember what happened? In yeah, that I did. Well, I went, I went back and I actually watched the last 10 minutes of Shibat, which was what it was called today before I watched Grotesque. Um, because I was like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're all sort of separated. The main group, Madison's with Strand, Strand. and Alicia and Ophelia. Mm-hmm. And then Nick came up and said that he couldn't find Travis and Chris, which wasn't true, but Travis had asked him to say he hadn't found them. Oh, that's right. I forgot that right? he did run into them. And he did. He yeah. left them alone out there. That's right. Yeah. And then Madison was trying to urge Nick to go with her, but Nick said no, because they damage everything and they destroy everything. But mm-hmm. Celia was right. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the finale, it, it was definitely very gripping, like the whole thing with Daniel and him seeing all the people he'd killed like the faces come out of the walkers, right? Mm-hmm. When they were inside and then he set the place on fire. And so there was quite a bit going on there. Yeah. Um, I didn't, uh, uh, I went back and sort of reviewed what I said about that episode and I didn't love it. I thought it was okay, but it wasn't yeah. one of my favorites. Um, I mean, as far as finales go, it wasn't like, or mid-season finales go, it wasn't like, oh my God. But I mean, like that part, I feel like the part with Daniel with seeing his dead wife and then suddenly the faces of all the people he killed, that was quite mm-hmm. uh, well done. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that. But my biggest problem with episode seven was that uh, what I said was there was too much payoff and not enough setup. And what I meant by that was that it felt like we got to... The we got to the, the action. Well, we got to the point in these character stories a little bit quickly. Too quickly, yeah. Uh, for example, Daniel, you know, a few episodes before that is the first time he heard that voice in his head, mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly, yeah. and then now suddenly he's like full on super crazy, yeah, and he's lighting himself on fire in yeah. the basement of a of this building. Well, yeah, and then Chris went on crazy too like suddenly he appears in madison's room like mm-hmm. wielding wasn't he wielding a knife or well, something he picked the knife, up, he off picked the the knife up yeah so yeah like in that sense i think it was all sort of moving a little too quickly yeah and chris was another example of that where i know he's been through a lot yeah and he's suffered a lot and his mother 
was killed and and so on but i also felt like when he got out when he ran away and he he started taking he took that kid hostage and then his yeah, dad yeah that was nuts it, like, it seemed that like a was little like, too much what is he doing and and i have to say that was one thing about the last i mean the first half of this season was as i was watching it i was thinking Oh my God, Chris, what the hell? Like, it was just like one thing after another. Like, dude, what are you doing? I know, like, it's all very stressful. And he lost his mom, and that's awful. But yeah, you could tell he was just going off the deep end. Right. And my point was just that it was happening a little too quickly. Yeah. Like, it seemed like, yeah. it seemed like they were building towards that, but we didn't quite get enough story on the way, on the way there. Yeah. Um, and the, and the only, the part of that episode that I really did like was what, Madison did because she oh yeah you know she Celia, left right? Celia in there mm -hmm. but what I mean is just everything was sort of going out of control Madison didn't really have a handle on everything you know Travis was off looking for Chris and um uh all, all the other stuff was going was going on but then she kind of made the decision to go down there with Celia lock her in and let the let the zombies get her which was kind of her taking a stand almost and doing something. And I, and I really liked that for her character. Well, and it was her way of protecting herself and her family, right? Like she could right. tell she was at odds with Celia's vision mm -hmm. or Celia's, yeah, Celia's vision, Celia's perceived notion of what the walkers were. And, and Madison wanted to protect herself and her kids from that. Right. And that was the one thing she was, able to do yeah. to sort of assert herself yeah. right and so i i liked that part of it um but overall i didn't think it was a fantastic episode especially as compared to the rest of the first half of of the season because i thought fear season two was really really good for the most part leading up to leading up to that and seven wasn't terrible but it uh it was a slight letdown for me uh after seeing everything else so um that's kind of where where we left it so let's get into episode number eight. This one was called Grotesque, and uh, this is what AMC had to say about it. Nick's steadfast search for answers leads him into a deadly dog-eat-dog -dog landscape. <laughs> a dark piece of his past is uncovered. So pretty vague, yeah. but those descriptions usually are. Mm -hmm. That one's actually not the worst. No. You know? It's not bad. It tells us that Nick... Because it uh, is like a... He's He's taking a journey. Yeah, yeah. He he goes on sure. a he goes on a a journey, and uh, a dark piece of his past is uncovered. It's so. almost like a spirit journey. I almost <laughs> felt that way. And even with the music, like that very beginning, right after the beginning, right after he woke up and he walked out, he said goodbye um, to that woman who's I don't even remember that character's name because she was like only briefly in. The yeah, first half of the season. Did you know right off the bat who that was? Because yeah. it, it took me a few minutes. Uh, well. I knew after I went back and watched episode six, or was it six? Yeah, seven. Se seven sorry, I'm like totally confusing my it's episodes. Fine. This was eight. Um, so when I I remember the names of them, so when I went back and look, watched Shiva, I saw that she was the one who sent Strand away, or she was the one who walked Strand out. She escorted a Strand from the oh. premises when 
Strand was banished by Celia. Okay, yeah. So that's the same character. Because I was like, who is that? Like, as I was watching the beginning of it, I was like, who is that woman? And why is she with Nick? And what is her? What is going on? So then I had to, I was like, I got to watch and see what's going on. Yeah, I wasn't um, sure at first who that was either. And I had to, I had to look it up. But you're right. She was one of yeah. the staff that worked yeah. at Abigail's place. So right after Nick leaves, the way they sort of set it up, even with the music that was playing over that whole beginning part of him walking through, I was like, oh, he's on like a spiritual journey. He's going to meet a coyote. Like Homer with after the voice. eating yeah. an insanity pepper. He's going to meet a coyote <laughs> with the voice of Johnny Cash. <laughs> right. And he's going to lead him through all the zombies or, or not zombies, walkers. Yeah. It's kind of what was yeah. what, what happened throughout the episode. No, no Johnny Cash. No. Unfortunately. We've had Johnny Cash music. On one of the shows before, I forget if it was this one or the main show. Anyways, oh, um, uh, but uh, but you're right. It, this whole episode was Nick traveling yeah. physically and sort of sort mentally, of spiritually. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like I liked to think of it as it was almost like another type of re- rehabilitation for him. Yes. Yeah. Himself. No, you're right about that yeah. for sure. Um, so what? Uh, what this woman, this staff woman, <laughs> should have looked <laughs> Whatever up her, her name is. Should have looked up her Somebody name. Somebody tell us what her name is. Yeah, I'm sure someone will. <laughs> uh, I can also just look it up later. Yeah. Um, but she says she's going south. Um, but With the, Juan. Yeah. See, I know the kid's name. Well, they she said, said his name. Yeah. Um, but he, she also said that there are, they heard there are more people to, to the north who see the dead kind of like Celia did. So that's where and Nick like wants Nick to go. And like Nick does now. Exactly. Obviously. He's still he's still on board with that whole yes. thing. Yeah. Um, but that's all we get from them. Um, that's just kind of the uh, cold open to motive, um, give Nick some motivation to, to leave and hit the road. Mm-hmm. Um, the, t- the title credits, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes they have their own sound. Mm-hmm. which is repeated. Yeah, but um, they weren't this time. But sometimes they don't. And they yeah, yeah. it's it happened it's happened before. And I like it much better when they integrate the the this, sound like the audio like from the, the episode into yeah. this. Yeah, because you could hear his footsteps. Yeah, this one was a really cool one. Yeah. It was just footsteps and wind blowing, yeah. so yeah, I thought yeah. that was really good. Yeah, that was good. Um so overall, uh this was a pretty controversial episode. Uh, from what I can see on the internet, um, a lot of people thought it was really slow and boring and nothing happened. And how can they just, you know, put Nick walking on the road for 45 minutes and, you know, not give us anything else? Um, and then there's the other half of, of the world who really enjoyed this episode and, mm-hmm. Um, I think we're drawn in by the stuff Nick had to go through while he was traveling and kind of the little bit of backstory we got about, you know, what's um, what happened to him in the it had to have been at least months leading up to, you know, his when he woke up in that heroin church. Yeah. Well, do we know how long ago? Because there's that whole part in the flashback where he finds out that his dad died. And so how long ago was that before? Well, that must have been a while ago if Madison and Travis were together. Or... Well, that's the thing. The timeline of all that stuff is, I mean, I it's a little confusing, but I guess you have to sort of just put it together. So what we see is 
Nick and uh, Gloria. So Gloria's back. She is the um, blonde woman who's beside him in the heroin church who um, in the pilot episode of season was, one wakes up and is yeah, a zombie. And is that's, a zombie and he doesn't he find her like eating someone? Uh, yeah, pretty yep. much. And he has to run out of there. Yep. Um, but we go back in time and sort of see their story together a little bit. So we see them in some sort of um, rehabilitation center. So Nick yeah. is in rehab. And my first, I, th- I thought at first she was like a counselor or something because in that first yeah, scene. Yeah, it seemed that way, right? In that first totally scene. we thought so too. It, it seemed like they were, like she was treating him almost because she said, you know, tell me the kind of things your dad would say. And she was asking him to open up about it. But it turns out that's not really the case because later on they're being released together, it seems like. I think they were counseling each other, right? Like, so they were practicing on each other. Maybe like they'd been in just, they just had a group meeting and then they were all told to, you know, go off into like pair off with someone and Mm -hmm. practice. What are you going to talk about with your parents when they come or with your family members when they come? I wonder if that's a thing in like in rehab hmm. you know or or towards the towards the end of a rehab program or something it's like you know get together with a another patient and and talk it out almost well i would imagine that like at those kind of facilities that they a person would form a strong bond with another person at mm-hmm. some point like you you'd almost it might be the only thing that would sort of keep a person going through that or yeah. help them through it, really. Yeah. That well, one-on-one. I think so, for sure. And they're probably given instructions, too, like uh, help each other out yeah. and tell each other things and yeah. so on. But I never really thought of that before. It's, well, it's kind of like, you know, based on what you see of, I mean, this is, I'm like basing my knowledge on what I see in movies or TV, <laughs> but like based on what I've seen of AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous, on TV or film, they make it look like they're always like they have a sponsor that they call if they feel like they're going to fall off the wagon, that kind of thing. So there's paired with someone. And that's usually a, almost. a former patient. Or it's someone who's been in the program longer, right? Right. Who has more experience, who's been okay for a long time so they can talk that person down or whatever. It's funny. I... You're right. You see that in movies and TV shows. Yeah, like all I don't actually know how it works. But I wonder how accurate that really is. <laughs> yeah. If that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I just assume that yeah, that I must mean, be. I mean, it what is happens. Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's not like if someone I know is in it, it's not like they're gonna tell me, so I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous. Well <laughs> I mean, maybe they would, but the whole thing is it's anonymous, so maybe they don't really want to be talking about it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious as to whether <laughs> the Pop culture representation of these sorts of things is actually that accurate. I don't know. Mm. I just sort of assumed it was, but uh, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, so they're they're sort of counseling each other. It becomes clear fairly uh, well in the next scene, basically, with the two of them that they're actually both patients because they're being released together. Their parents are coming to pick them up. Are they coming to pick them up, or is it like a? I think it's like a meeting like it's a because when she's when they're talking to each other at the beginning, she's talking about how you have to talk to your parents today mm-hmm. or they're going to make you stay in here an extra month. So I don't know that it's a release day or more of a visitor's day. Well, for her, it seemed like a release day. because okay. She seemed to be. OK, so maybe her. But I don't know about Nick. And maybe that's why she's that's trying why. To help him. Yeah, she's further up the 
or she's been there longer, so she has a bit more experience. She's deeper into the program, yeah. Now that now and then, you know, I kind of wonder like who made who go back to using, or did they both sort of start together? Well, yeah. Well, so we'll talk about yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that conversation with Madison in a second. But yeah. you're right. Ultimately, the last thing we see is them waking up in the heroin church, and and they're back to their old habits. So at some point you know, they both get out and they relapse back to, to doing that kind of stuff. We don't really get the details on how that happened, but you don't really need them either. I don't think. I guess. Um, but I did appreciate, um, Lexi Johnson is her name coming back as, as Gloria and getting a little bit, getting sort of her part in Nick's, Nick's story because we knew he'd been in rehab before. Um, and the most interesting thing we discover is some information about Nick's dad, and I guess Madison's original husband. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, did you have much, uh, did you have any thoughts on what Nick's dad was like before this based on episodes before this one? No, I just, I think all the only information we'd ever been given was that he had died, right? I don't think they'd ever elaborated mm-hmm. on what type of person he was. It was just never spoken of. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't, maybe they didn't want to talk about it. Well. Now that we know, now that what's been revealed in this episode's been revealed, maybe it it was something like, we're not going to talk about the type of person he was. Right. But see, we, Jason and I, had always had the feeling that Nick's dad was not a great dude. Like, he was, he was maybe not just like a bad father, but some of, maybe some of the, um, the substance abuse problems came from him oh, okay. or, or he had some of them or too. Or he had something like yeah. ran in the family. Yeah, exactly. Now we didn't really have too much to go on there, but the yeah. odd little comment here and there in, in other episodes sort of led us to believe that. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm just forgetting those com- yeah, no, <laughs> those episodes, right? That's fine. It's been it's, a while ago. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I mean, there wasn't much. There wasn't yeah. much. We knew he was dead and that was it. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't know the details of, of his death or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learn here that he, that what Nick says during that, that first scene uh, with Gloria is that his dad was kind of distant. Like, yeah, he, he, he wasn't present anymore. He, he would come home. Take off. And he said, he said like, he's always tired mm-hmm. because he was saying like, he'd come home and he'd lock himself in his room and he wouldn't come out. And then when Nick would want to talk to him, he would go talk to him. But his his dad would just, it was like he wasn't there. Right. Like he was talking to no one. Which my thought was, yeah. I mean, that's not great, but it's hardly the worst thing in the world. I mean, you want your parents to be involved in your life, yeah. obviously. But he wasn't like abusing them or he wasn't doing no. drugs or something but, like that. But it could be what led Nick to seek out drugs just mm-hmm. because he felt, you know, like he was in a, at an age where he felt he needed his father's guidance. He needed his father to listen to him to be there for him, and his father wasn't. Mm-hmm. So he turned. I mean, it sounds sort of cliched, right? But you know, I it, it makes me think back on when I was, you know, a teenager, and I would complain that my parents worried too much about me and were paying too much attention to me, and then I'd have like. <laughs> You know, and and then I'd see the odd kid in my school who it was obvious, like, you know, the way they talk, it was like their parents didn't know they existed. They weren't ever present. So it's 
Kind of reminds me of that. That's sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad, right? But that's the thing. Like, so it's sort of like Nick was like that. Like he didn't have that yeah, with he, his dad. Maybe with his mom. Obviously, it seems like Madison's very um, present, mm-hmm. but not his dad. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I I mean, I shouldn't say that's not the worst thing in the world because you know everybody has different uh, viewpoints on stuff like that. So, um, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I mean, you know his dad was around and yep. and Nick obviously wanted to have a relationship with him, but, but didn't have the kind that, that he felt satisfied with. So it turns out that his dad though died in a car accident on the way home from work one day. So nothing to do with substance abuse no. or like he didn't kill himself or anything like that. He, well, that's what we're led to think. Well, you're saying he drove into oncoming traffic. Well, you know, we we never know. Like, I mean, the thing is, you know, Nick is saying because it did occur to me as I was watching that scene with Madison, and she's like, "He, he died in a car accident. It was a head-on collision." Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, "But, but maybe she's trying to protect Nick. Like, maybe it wasn't really that. Maybe his dad had just given up, and well, he didn't want to live anymore, and he killed himself, and." He could have he could have done that. He could have driven into a pole. Like, he could have driven so that it made it look like an accident, but he was really wanting to die. I don't know. And that's just, like, the really morbid side of me thinking that way. But well, I guess it could be plausible, given that what Nick was saying about his dad, that he just wasn't present. He was tired. He didn't want to interact with people or whatever. Yeah. No, you're, you could yeah, be, actually. Could be, but... I hadn't thought of it like that, but either way, I mean, his dad's attitude kind of contributed, obviously, to some of the problems Nick has been having. So, yeah. Um, um, what about else about that? Uh, oh, the timeline—that's what I wanted to get to. Sort of between Nick's father dying that day when, or the day when Madison told him about right. it, and then him ending up back in the in the church with Gloria. And, there, there had to have been a significant period of time there, you would think. And so that that scene when they're in the church near the end. <laughs> Trying not to thump the table. Too sorry, much. that scene when they're in the church near near the end. Do you think that's happening just before the the zombie or the zombie outbreak? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We that's know. just before. Like that's just before she turns, right? We think. Or are we positive that? Oh, you're thinking that could be like... It could have been like they could have been hanging out in that heroin church for, I don't know, like a few weeks, a few months Uh, on and off, right? And maybe they just... My assumption was that it was that that was like immediately, like the day immediately before that scene in the pilot, yeah. Okay. But but I I guess not. I mean, they were, well, he was wearing the same shirt, like the, the white sort of... Because I type shirt. felt like the way he talked in that scene or he was saying something, you know, he had that book mm-hmm. and he was talking about the book and how I think he said something along the lines of, well, no one wants to talk about it with me or no one wants to remember. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he was re- referencing his father's death and that no one in his family wanted to. I can't remember right now. I wish I could go back and watch it right now and or like well, he, look at it. She, I can't remember the exact line he used. She asked him about, you know, the books and yeah. he said, my dad gave them to me and so on. And what's yeah. this one about? And I don't know what book he, he was he holding. He said it was about the grotesque and the quote. I actually wrote the quote down. Yeah. 
when you hold on to something too long or too hard, you corrupt it. Yeah, and that's what he refers to as a grotesque, yeah. which is the which is the um, title of the episode, mm-hmm. and that can apply to a lot of different things. I think his you know his drug abuse and so on, and memories and whatever. Um, and even what he's doing now, he's trying to hold on to this notion that the infected, as they yeah. call them, are, um, still something to be valued sort of, mm-hmm. right? Well, that, that, yeah, that the dead are, yeah. yeah. And, and they're becoming, you know, literally more grotesque and well, yeah, from his definition figuratively as well. And he seems to be really fascinated with them in this episode. I found it like he was so, I don't know. There were a lot of like shots, like when he's on top of that van mm-hmm. and they're taking, they're tearing those dogs apart. Mm-hmm. The way he was looking at them, he was so, he looked so fascinated. Well, he is. He's definitely fascinated by them. Yeah. Um, he, he feels that he's one of them. He wants to be one of them. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. pretty weird. Anyway, but yeah. So going back to the story, we we're like segueing all the time. Um, going back to the church. So we're trying to figure out where, how far since his, how far in the future since his dad died that was? Well, I don't know if we and can like, really figure it out. But. Well, because th- what I'm wondering is like, has because Madison and Travis have been together, like based on the beginning of the whole series, mm-hmm. it looked like they'd been together for a while already. Yeah. Now I'm wondering like, were Madison and her first husband maybe like, separated at the time of his death and we just don't know that and then her and travis got together at that point because it almost feels like if there wasn't that much time between nick's dad's death and that scene in the church with gloria it feels like well when did madison and travis i know i'm probably overthinking this but when did madison and travis get together no it occurred to me too there there needed to be some time there like you would think you would think that there's like a year in between uh-huh. potentially, right? There's, there's that scene in the hospital where she tells him he was in the car accident. And then, you know, a year goes by, maybe Nick's okay for a while. And then he slips back into things and then he's moved into the heroin church and it's a yeah. year later and so on. Um, because yeah, the, the, the impression I had is that her and Travis have been together for some time. They were really solid. They had, yeah. a, you know, a, a, good relationship and and a sort of a, a lengthy one right well yeah and that even like it seemed like nick and alicia were okay with travis being there mm-hmm. or at least alicia was i don't know about nick mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's it felt like it had been a while so either they just kind of skipped over a lot which is fine that's sometimes what shows do um or things just happened fast, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I do think, though, that scene was supposed to be basically the day before she wakes up as a zombie. As, as a zombie, yeah. Um, based or on as the clothing a walker, and stuff like as that. they call them in this universe. Well, they, they don't. They call them the infected on this show. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and then, but I'm thinking of the original series. Main show was a walker. That's, that's why right. I corrected myself earlier when I said zombie. I'm like, zombie. I mean, walker. Sorry. Never yep. mind. <laughs> People know what I'm talking about. Um. You, I got a whole bunch more points, but do you have anything you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, so, oh, let me think. So, yeah, one thing I, I'm finding, so there's, so there's Nick's fascination with the dead. That's one. 
But along with that, I'm, I found in this episode, it felt like he was more afraid of the living mm-hmm. than the dead, than the infected. Um, anytime, like when that, the bent, when the banditos came, when he was in, I had to call them banditos, <laughs> when he was um, on the road, at, right mm-hmm. then, and the bandits came along, he like immediately ducked down behind the car and they hadn't even gotten out and started shooting. Like they, they just pull up in their car. He doesn't know who these people are. Right. Sorry. Right. But the, 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 the person, the woman at the beginning of the episode had told him, you know, there's a lot of bad people on the road. Yeah. That's where the bad guys are. Yeah. So he knew they were going to be bad. Plus yeah. a bunch of guys roll up with big guns. I mean, you're going to hide in a giant pickup truck or whatever it was. It was a Jeep or something. Yeah. But you're like, I mean, you're going to hide and you're going to be nervous of people. And it it doesn't seem to take very long in the walking dead to, uh, to realize that the most dangerous, you know, people or things in this world are not the zombies or the infected, but the remaining living, the remaining living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so it, it was those people. And then, um, and that's a theme that we've had we've had in both shows before, yeah. especially the main show a lot. So they're kind of retreading that a little bit with this. Um, but you're right, Nick. Nick was definitely fascinated with with the dead. He he walks among them, you know, very yeah. skillfully. I gotta say that guy uh, is does if nothing else <laughs> he does two things. Frank Delane, the actor, yeah. does two things really well. One, he's a really good fake vomiter. Oh my god, that was insane! I was like, "Whoa!" When he throws yeah. up, it was it was good. It was really good. And he's a really good fake limp walker. Like when he has the hurt leg and he's yeah, walking yeah, around, yeah. Like, like he was limping. It, Even when he did, you see when he like right after he heard, so he was hearing the voices right in the horde. Yes, he that's an interesting. That thing was too. that was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And as he was walking, like after the voices sort of like he looked over and he thought he saw Gloria. Mm-hmm. And then after that faded, his face went sort of blank, and he took on like the blank expression of like the the zombies, mm-hmm. right? He was one of. It's like he became one of them right at that moment. Yeah. Well, he he was he and he was good at it. He was like, oh, right, like yeah. He looked zoned out. I sort of yeah. He he definitely was. I kind of just meant as an actor. He knows he really yeah. No, well. I know, but that's what I mean. The actor did his job really well in that part as well. Like yeah. putting on that blank expression. Yeah, he, he he the character really gets into the the sort of role with the zombies. Those yeah. voices were interesting though because they were saying follow us we'll take you home, we'll take you come, home. With us. come with us yeah. and then he sees zombie gloria she says i'll take you home yeah um i mean it's yeah. it's just nick further getting into this whole i am i am with the zombies kind of thing well i have to say getting back to what you were saying about how there was a, it was a very split um opinion of this episode like mm-hmm. that ha- like based on like it was controversial um I do agree that it was a bit slow, but to me, slow is not a, always a bad thing. Yep. Because some of my favorite, there are some favorite movies, shows that I've watched that were a lot of people, in their opinion, it was slow. And I was like, are you kidding? It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it was slow. Um, I think what I liked about this episode is Nick is like my favorite character mm-hmm. on this show. He's just, there's so much 
to him. I feel like I feel like he's very com- complex to watch. And obviously there's quite a bit of backstory to him. Mm-hmm. And so I think it worked well because it was for me, it worked well because it was Nick. And it revealed more about him, like with the flashbacks. If it had been other characters, I might have been like, okay, I'm bored now. Like, can we move it along? Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was Nick, I was like, okay, it's a good episode. I like this because mm-hmm. I like watching him. Yeah. I think Frank Delane is great. They've done a it's good awesome. job on this show. One of the other things we've discussed briefly over the years is like, who's the main character of this show? Is it Madison or is it Travis or is it Nick? And those are really the three main candidates, but yeah. I think they've done a good job over a season and a half of this show so far of um, of of making them all sort of main characters without yeah. without um, uh, losing focus on other people for too long. Right on the main show on The Walking Dead, you know, we go you know whole half seasons barely ever seeing Maggie and that's something I've complained about a lot that you know you, you go yeah. all this time and Maggie has like two lines yeah uh, and then and then I feel like when they bring someone back in it's like oh they're building them up because they're going to kill them off yeah and so on but fear hasn't done that so far now no. I know we're only in sec- halfway through season two but I feel like they've done a much better job of of balancing out what we've gotten yeah. But you're right. Nick is one of the more interesting guys. And I f- and also the other difference is when The Walking Dead started, it was very much it started out like as Rick's story, mm-hmm. right? And it's obviously evolved into more than just Rick, but I feel like this one it started out as this group of people's story. It mm-hmm. wasn't just one specific person, it was a whole group of them, and it wasn't just within their little family like it extended into like travis's wife Mm ex-wife and chris as well right yep yeah well i think they've they've done a pretty good job of just keeping it balanced rather than focusing Mm -hmm. on madison for for a while now maybe that'll change as it goes on i don't know what they're gonna do from here like if next week is all about nick too i might be like so where's everybody else (laughs) you know like we want to see what they're doing yeah um but we'll see um, so let's see one. So I, I pretty much really, I, I really enjoyed this episode. There were a couple of things that I thought were sort of dumb though. Um, the scene on the road where <clears throat> those, those guys and, and when Nick is walking amongst all the zombies and they, they roll up and they start, yeah, the bandits, yeah, they just get out of their Jeep and they start yeah. shooting yeah. for no reason. Like, I don't well, understand. Well, they're like, I, you know what I compare them to? They're very reminiscent of the wolves. Just sort of On, random, yeah, crazy random people? random killing people indiscriminately. Like, remember, like, from how many... It was actually just barely... It was recent. It was On The Walking Dead, the mm-hmm. original... Yeah, the wolves. Yeah, they were in season And they six. were very much like that. They were just, like, indiscriminately well, killing, just showed of. up. Um, we're just going to kill you, the whole lot of you. Yeah, but they were just sort of chaotic crazy people but i feel like these guys are too maybe they could be and what she said the woman at the beginning she even said that something about how these these bands of bandits she she had a word for them i think it was like la manos or something like that yeah it was something like that and she said they've taken this zombie apocalypse or this is exactly what they've been waiting for so they've been waiting for this chaos. Like they want, they wanted anarchy to sort of rule. 
Yeah, they they like right? this uh, they lawless like this, world. Yeah, lawless world. Yeah, that's what she said, right? But at the same time, I mean, they roll up to this group of zombies on the road. They get out. They start shooting them, and then kind of just stand there fumbling with their weapons and get eaten. It seemed. I, I, oh, you mean the second time we meet them? The second time. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the first no, time around. That's okay. The first yeah. time around, they were, you know, they were, I don't know, maybe they were looking for supplies. They were doing yeah. something, whatever. Yeah. And Nick they were out away. on a run. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's figure they were on a run. But the second time, they just sort of were like doing for no reason. They were shooting this group of zombies. This now, horde, yeah. on one hand, I, what I really liked about that scene is I thought it was an amazing setup of Nick, a guy alive, walking amongst all these zombies. The horde. And then when the guy spotted him and his eyes went like really wide, like he realized it was the same guy they'd seen earlier. Well, but even before that. And that he was alive. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. But even before that, Nick, think about what Nick has to do in that scene. He's walking along here. He, there's three guys with big guns shooting into these zombies zombies like right next to him are getting shot down and nick has to like he doesn't want to reveal himself right but he also doesn't want to get shot so he's like what choice that's a hell of a choice to make what can he do in that scene right he has to just kind of keep going Mm. and hope he doesn't get shot or fall down or something like that well he was dodging bullets too a little bit yeah but i i thought it was a really Great scene. I thought that part of the scene was was really great, just because of the the predicament, the dilemma he yeah. had there. Like, I don't want to reveal myself, but I also don't want to die. Yeah. Um. But then those guys were just so stupid. Like the one dude, I guess he sees him, and then he, he saw f- him, and he went all wide eyed, like, "Oh my god, what?" And he fumbled his yeah. his bullets, his shells, and they caught all him fell off guard. Yeah. yeah. And then. And then instead of just running away, he tries to pick them up and the other guy starts shooting to help him. And then they both get eaten. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. What are you amateurs? Well, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I I guess. Maybe they haven't. I mean, they haven't been doing this with, you know, infected for that long, but still. Yeah. I mean, like, turn around and run away. Yeah, exactly. Kind of dumb. It was one of those examples of just people doing stupid things when there's a clearly much more obvious and better solution. But that happens so many times in film or TV where I'll be like, I mean, you've, you've seen me, we'll be watching something and I'm yelling at the TV like, Ron, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Because like someone does something stupid and then they like stay there and you're just like, Oh my God, this is not a situation. It's like in the scream movies where they talk about how the, one of the biggest mistakes in horror movies is that you don't run away when you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't hang around. Yeah. Like, don't answer exactly. the door. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the lights turned on. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. There are small things you can do that will help your case, but, you know, horror movie characters always make weird choices. Yes. Um, And then uh, just overall, you know, Nick's whole journey I thought was really good, but some of the little details were a bit funny, like how much bad stuff can can happen to this guy he he leaves on the road you know everything's fine the first night he finds this house to sleep in makes a little fire and, and then, then gets, crazy lady shows up with a bat and then crazy lady with a bat shows up i mean up. i can't blame her she's with her kid i would probably have done the same thing i know i know <laughs> that's fine that, that that like the way that played out i was fine with yeah but the 
the storytelling aspect of it. It's like Nick's on the road one day. The first night, he loses his food and his supplies, his water. Right. Well, I so, think it was almost um, there was almost a foreshadowing of it when the woman said to him when she was handing him the water, she said, "This will be the least of your worries." Oh <laughs> yeah. You know, she was setting it up. She was right. like. Get ready. She was not just setting it up for him, for us. <laughs> yeah, this will be the least yeah, of your worries. Yeah. But it's it. You could all you could feel uh, a, a term Jason uses a lot is author intrusion. You could feel the writing. You could feel the author mm, going. Yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta make him lose all his stuff because he needs to be in 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 hard in, in hard times. Yeah. And so, like, it felt like super easy that he lost all his stuff. And I was like, come on, fight back a little more than that. I know she has a bat, but, like, charge at her and tackle her or something. I don't know. Yeah, but he saw the kid. He was probably, like, he didn't want to scar the child or something. Oh, come on. I don't know. I was... The zombie apocalypse. I thought maybe that he was being like, oh, I'm not going to upset that little girl in the corner there. No. He's cowering. So... Anyways. Even though the little girl was kind of looking at like the at the mom, like mom, you've lost your mind. Well, <laughs> it's a scary time. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, so he loses all his stuff on the first night. Uh, on the very next day, he encounters the bad guys and yeah. and is chased off the highway. So he's kind of chased in the wrong direction. He should have been following the road, but he's chased off course. So now he's lost his stuff and he's off course. Yeah. Then she. Then he eats a cactus. Then that he, makes him puke. Well, he tries to eat a cactus <laughs> and tries to drink his own pee, which he does. Which he does successfully. <laughs> I've never seen someone drink pee on TV before. I don't think. Well, actually, I just remember in Waterworld, they they that old movie with Kevin Cosner where they would convert urine into drinkable water. Well, that's there was a thing. no drinkable water in, in in on the planet. I'm anymore. pretty sure the International Space Station does that. Yeah, well. uh, that's a thing. Like. <laughs> You know, yeah. we have the technology, but you don't usually. But you don't actually just pee in your hand. Pee in and your then, hand and then drink, drink it. it. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> um, I should clarify. I don't know if I've ever seen someone drink their own pee ever, not just on TV. <laughs> I don't think. Um, so so he goes through that, but that's fine. Those were little details I liked actually. Like they took the time to show him really suffering, like trying yeah. to eat a cactus and get water from a cactus, and then fail, and then have to drink his own pee. The cactus had, cacti had, I almost said cactuses, cacti had all dried up. Yeah, cacti are supposed to have water in them, right? Yeah, they are, but I guess it had been dry long enough. I, I bet eventually they dry up if there's not enough rain. I guess they, did they die after that? Probably no, not. No, they, they're, they can take them, it. Them cactuses a live a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, then and then the next thing that happens is he gets attacked by dogs. Yeah, he li- lies down at the van. Yeah, dogs bite him. Right. So, and he's injured and that's when he has his legs. So, lost his supplies, got chased off course, got injured. I mean, they really were putting him through the ringer. Yeah. And it it felt a little deliberate to me. So, I didn't I liked his overall story. I liked his arc, but I'm like what else can they do to this guy? Did they can they do they really have to make it this hard on him? They were pulling a hollow man. They were just seeing <laughs> What limit? No, I'm kidding. It wasn't as bad as Hollow Man. What do you mean? <laughs> you know Hollow my Man? feeling of Hollow Man. Well, remember in Hollow Man, like Kevin Bacon's character, like he keeps. Although this was different, it he kept surviving things that kept happening to him, and they were they got more and more ridiculous. He gets thrown uh, down an elevator shaft. The elevator lands on him. He climbs up it, or I can't remember. It's been so long since I saw that movie, and I tried to erase it from my memory because I really 
really dislike that movie. I hope I'm not offending any of our listeners, but I really, really, really dislike that movie. That's fair. <laughs> so it's like my the, least favorite they movie They repeatedly ever. kill Kevin Bacon and he keeps, and he coming, keeps back. coming back. And he keeps coming back. And it's the ridiculousness of the situation right. <laughs> is where I'm comparing the ridiculousness, although it's not nearly as ridiculous as Hollow Man. Well, it's it's not ridiculous because no. he's not invisible. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was yeah like he doesn't he like he disappeared and then they kill I forget it was just so out of control anyway yeah um yeah I agree with you on that like even though I I did like the episode overall because it was about Nick but yeah I think that it was a little too set up everything yeah that's every bit of the way that's that's sort of all all I'm I was saying that yeah. it's just it felt like they sat down and were like, all right, we got to make him suffer. How can we make this even harder on him, this journey, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, he seemed to travel pretty quickly because he started at 100 miles from Tijuana. Uh, I assume it's miles. Do they use miles in Mexico or kilometers? Sure. I am no not sure. No idea. We should look that up if it's metric or imperials. I am, Actually, are there any listeners in Mexico could, that, that could tell us? Probably lots. Uh, we could probably look it up. Um, I'm going to go with miles, though, just because... You know, the majority of the audience is American and they probably. Yeah. Probably and it said Tijuana 10 at one point. Well, 40. He went from 100 to 40. Was no, there a but 10? then there was a 10. Oh, okay. I saw a 10. I think I, or unless it was 100 and I didn't see the other zero. And no, at the it. beginning, as soon as he got on no. the road, it said 100. No. Okay. So this was later. I think I saw a 10 or unless I'm remembering. Wrong. Well, it's okay. But whatever. They, they used the street signs to give mm -hmm. us an idea of, the, of his progression, right? So he starts at a hundred miles and. No, one... I definitely saw 10 cause he was limping at that point. Okay. So okay, at yeah. one point there's 40 and yeah. then I guess there's a 10 later, which I yeah. didn't see, but he traveled from a hundred to 40. It seemed pretty quick. Um, and then 40 miles when you have a, you know, a, a bad leg would be pretty far to walk. I think yeah. I think you can easily, you know, a healthy person can walk, I don't know, 25, 30 miles a day, probably, if you need to, like over eight hours at four or five miles per hour. I yeah. don't know. I, I think in kilometers much more often. But if you walk like four kilometers an hour times eight hours, you know, you can walk pretty far. Mm -hmm. um, but still, yeah, he uh, he had a long way to go and uh, with a bad leg would have been difficult. Mm -hmm. Um. So, so good one. Um, before we talk about that community that he gets to at the end, do you have anything else? I you can rattle your papers if you want. Don't think there's anything. Just looking. Paper notes. I know I have paper notes. I just I was worried that maybe like if I put it in the iPad and then the kids would want to use the iPad when I'm down <laughs> here. I'm like ah, so forget it. I wrote it on paper. They're the upstairs asleep. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they would be though. Um I mean, yeah, there's I mean, there's a couple of other points they're not overly important. Well, that's okay. I just um getting back to Nick's dad and his not being present, you know, and like I think that that also helps. Like I like I said before, it helps us sort of understand a better understanding of Nick's inner turmoil and his addiction. Mhm. Mm but what's interesting also is how Nick wanted to go it alone now, right? Like he wanted to leave um, his group 
it almost it also I feel like that also shows how he is also similar to his dad because his dad based on what he was saying that his dad was sort of detaching himself from the family sort of keeping to himself in his room so now nick is sort of doing that as well i mean for different reasons he's doing it because he feels that what madison did was wrong mm-hmm. and like and under he different said circumstances obviously yeah and like he said um uh, celia was right everything we like we destroy everything now when he said it's interesting, like, now, I, when I think back on him saying that to her, like, to Madison, that we destroy everything, I think when he's saying that, he he's not talking about just them. I think he's talking about humans in general. People? Well, people yeah. do destroy everything. Well, like, I think that, and that's why his attitude towards his fellow man is changed now, and he's more with, he feels more at, at one with the the walkers. Yeah. I think, I think that's interesting about he's more like his dad than uh, than he might realize. Yeah, you know he wants to be alone. He, he wants, wants to be to, alone now. Uh, I mean, wants to be alone, or he's looking for somewhere where he can be with people more like him. Yeah, with so, more like yeah. himself. So no, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so the community he gets to at the end, he meets mm-hmm. uh, he meets these these new people. Lu- Luciana, I think her name is Lu- 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 Lucy. Yeah, Luciana. Right. And her gang. Yeah. Who are they look? This is what I'm wondering. They were looking for someone, I think, when they spotted him on the road. She said, "That's not him." That's not him. So mm-hmm. they were out looking for somebody. We yeah. don't know. We who don't that know is. yet. Who? Okay. We may or may not find out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but uh, she doesn't want to help him. And then the people, the two guys she's with, I guess, talk her into it at some point. Because at first they leave him lying on the road, basically cooking there in the sun yeah. um, until it rains. Luckily, it finally yeah, rains. Yeah. Um, and then that revives Nick a bit because he's pretty dehydrated, makes his way. I guess into he gets Tijuana. to Tijuana. That's Tijuana, I think. Yep. And goes into a shop. Uh, he goes into at first a pharmacy and... What do you think? Was he looking for like drugs for like a drug fix or was he looking for something to take for his leg? I think he's looking for something to take for his leg. You think so? Like I think he's well past the whole like I don't know. I th- I don't like, know. He's it- definitely not in withdrawal anymore. I mean like that the whole all the experiences he's had would snap him out of withdrawal pretty quick and well i, th- he I don't must think it real- works that way <laughs> <laughs> but i think he also realizes that if he were to get that drug fix it's not going to help him in any way whereas no, but i just- think what he was looking well although it may you think that he would find pain meds in that pharmacy but maybe they weren't maybe the people in the village had cleared it out mm-hmm. for that i don't know yeah i think th- the scene I noticed came it came right after the scene where he explains what a grotesque is, oh, is to right. Gloria, okay. and, and he says when you hold on to something too long, you corrupt it. Um, and then we get the drugstore, and I'm like, well, is he holding on to his addiction? Is that what they're trying to or tell is us? His addiction holding on to him, or that it's corrupted him? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, or am I just reading too much into that? And yeah, he was looking for something for two yeah, for his life. But now that you mention it, that's a really good point because he was quite frantic in the in the. I I didn't really think. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it 
from that perspective, I was thinking more of his leg and he might need meds. Like he's probably in pain and he's in there to find meds because that's where my brain went. And I kind of wasn't thinking of his addiction Mm -hmm. because I figured, well, we're in the zombie apocalypse. Um, not really a priority, right? It's more priority. Let's get your leg better. Well, sure. (laughs) And that's just me. But that's not how a drug addict works, right? And, and you, you got to remember too, that you know, in the real world or in, you know, here, it, like in the real world, a lot of time has passed. But in the actual show, it's been a few weeks, Yeah, I think, maybe a Yeah, month. see, that's the problem. I'm looking at it from our right. perspective, not from right. theirs. You know, they were, they weren't in L.A. that long. A hell of a lot's gone on in just this. Yeah, exactly. The, the boat, the boat ride to Mexico yeah. wasn't that long. Yeah. So, you know, would he really be, be totally recovered by now? I don't know, maybe, but. I've never been addicted to heroin, so I don't know. Um, uh, and then anyways, so Luciana finds him. So were they, do you think they were following him at that point, her and her gang, that they went and found, sought him out? Or, they must have. Or did they just happen upon him by chance? Because remember, she like sort of shut it down. Those guys were like, come on, let's help him. And she's like, eh, yeah, no, I'm in charge here. They must have been following him because she just shows up in the door of the Yeah, the, it's too coincidental. Store. Yeah, yep. because Tijuana, I think, is a pretty big place. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know how big it is, but if you if you if you're not following someone, it would probably be pretty hard to find them. Yeah, it looked like a big place. The yeah. wider shots we got. Um, so I guess she changed her mind. She takes him in. There's a doctor, treats him, tells him he'll live. He's not infected, although he almost was. I mean, not his wound isn't infected. I mean. I quite liked the exchange between him and the doctor. I actually wrote down a few of the quotes. Yep. Doctor said, uh, death is not to be feared, but it shouldn't be pursued. And um, that's, Nick, that's said, wise. Nick said, <laughs> well, there's safety in numbers. And he said, well, that's, um, and the doctor said something like, well, that's some very interesting company you chose. Yep. And he said, safer than the men with guns. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked that exchange. Safety and yeah, I think he said you walk with them, right? You he walk said, well, with there's them. Safety well, there's numbers. safety in numbers, and he goes, "That's sort of funny you when you keep think about interesting it. company or whatever." So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of a sort of a wacky perspective, yeah, on it when you think about it. Um, and then uh, yeah, so good to see a doctor. Always yeah. good to have a doctor in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, and then. Right at the end, he sort of walks out into this little town square type thing. The little village. Like there's little shops set up. People seem like they're going about their day-to-day life. It was like a bunch of like little market stands. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, there was. Almost like a farmer's, well, not a farmer's market, but a market, like even like markets you'd see in Europe with all the little trinkety things and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, there was food and there was clothing and stuff and um, kids playing soccer and it just felt like a real... A uh, safe, thriving community, well, which I thought was strange. I felt like it. It it reminded me. It was like a um, non-threatening Woodbury, like a. Yeah. It's a. It was a little more simple and non-threatening version of Woodbury. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something threatening there. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. I mean, it can't last that long. Um, at, at the the very final shot, as it sort of we got a wide out. shot mm-hmm. and it. The camera pulls out. We do see that there are walls around it. There's a barricade, it. yeah. Um, so it did remind me of the Woodbury walls a little bit. and But I'm curious about this place on one hand because I'm thinking 
you know, as I was just saying a few minutes ago, we're not that far into the zombie apocalypse. So how have they got this set up so well already, you know, with walls and safety mm-hmm. and so on? It feels like that would take time. And then what's going to go wrong? I mean, something is going to go wrong. We know that for sure. Maybe had they had some weird walled off ghetto. In Tijuana? Uh, yeah, maybe there was know. one. I don't know if there really is one, but maybe there was one in this sort of in the Walking Dead universe and they already had it set up and everyone like moved into the ghetto or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it could have been there for some other reason, but um, it just it surprised me that this place seemed so comfortable this quickly. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I started thinking, huh, so <clears throat> here's another another community and like the walking dead is just going to do this again. Give us a safe community. That's eventually going to be not so safe. And because it will have some evil overlord. <laughs> even if it, even if it doesn't, there'll yeah. be some threat. you know, it can't yeah. last forever. I mean, that's just what these shows do. But yeah. at the same time we've had Woodbury, we've had Alexandria, we've had other potentially safe places in the other show, to be fair, not in this show as much. Although mm-hmm. even in this show in season one, we had that military safe zone which was okay for a while. Yeah. Nine days or 10 days. It didn't feel like very long. So they're kind of retreading that idea a little bit, I thought. But on the other hand, Fear the Walking Dead, I think has been fairly good at making some similar ideas, putting a twist on them, making them a little bit new. So we'll see what happens with this thing. So question for you though, because there was something Nick said to the doctor just before the doctor opened the doors and let him out into the village. And Nick said, um, I'm looking for a place where people don't view the dead as monsters. Yeah. He said something like that. And then the doctor just suddenly let him out. He didn't say anything. Mm. Just let him out into the village. So are we led to believe that that is, they are such a community that they're, they're not out to kill the walkers or the... Yeah, I don't know. It's, I it was just, weird. I was like, okay, what's he trying to say? I don't know. By opening maybe, the doors. Maybe that's how it's going to become threatening for Nick. They're going to try to change his mind. They're going to, you know, maybe the doctor's thinking, if I show him this, he'll realize that he, yeah. this is what people are, not not the, the infected. But then really they're sort of helping Nick. <laughs> In that way well, i yes. mean from our perspective or from most people's perspective but yeah yes no they they really would be making his uh t- pointing him in the right direction i think mm-hmm. but not from what nick thinks so maybe nick will just screw up a good thing here <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know and then of course we'll find out as the show as the season goes on but like what uh how are the rest of the characters going to incorporate in this are they going to show up here or are they going to do, be doing their own thing for a while and and uh, somehow come back together some other way? Because they've got to come together somehow. We can't have them apart for too long. Yeah, I have a feeling. I mean, I, we're going to see Madison and Strand and those guys. There'll probably be an episode dedicated to them. And then we'll see. <clears throat> sorry, we'll meet up with. Travis and Chris at some point. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I think eventually the story will bring them I'm sure back it will. together. Maybe not everyone, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure like it the will. Core group. I also wonder though, Nick's a hundred miles away now from everybody else. You know, if, if, if the rest of them walked a hundred miles South, they're 
pretty far apart. Yeah. And that's unlikely that you would just run into each other. So they're going to have to do some interesting storytelling here to explain how they ultimately all come back together. But no point in really speculating on that because we haven't seen any of it yet. I feel that in terms of Nick's story, he's... I think he'll have to encounter some sort of serious conflict that will make him reevaluate his view of things Mm -hmm. and suddenly realize where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't need to be there, but maybe he'll realize he needs to be back with his family. Yep. How they find each other, though, is is what I'm curious about. All right. So um, I thought this was a... Pretty solid episode, and I'm happy to say that Fear the Walking Dead has come back strong, still good, and um, I get it that people might be a little down on that they only pretty much saw one character of the group here, and it was mostly him traveling the whole time, but uh, I think they did an okay job giving Nick some some story and character development in this one. Yeah. I think it was pretty good, and it sounds like you agree mostly. Yeah, and I think because I think Frank Dillon, I do just to get back to what you're saying about Frank Dillon, I do agree that I think he's a really good actor. Like he, he seems to have quite a lot of depth. Yeah, his dad was on Game of Thrones. Stannis Baratheon. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So that was his dad, Stephen Delane. I think. I think so. Right. Yeah. There's some acting. That's his dad. So there's some acting in the family there. Acting chops. Yeah. Family. All right, well, if you've got some thoughts, if you agree or disagree with anything we have said, send it in. Send your feedback, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, we are going to do this real quick. Thank you, patrons. We got to say thank you to a couple of more people who have visited visited us on Patreon and uh, contributed a little bit of their hard-earned cash. Two new people this week, Joe Mayers, thank you so much, and Sean Sager, I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for your extremely generous donation. That was fantastic. I'll be in touch with you about your um, reward level, because that's something we need to talk about. And uh, we're going to take a very quick break to just uh, uh, talk about that a little bit more. And when we come back, we'll do a little bit of listener feedback before we call it a day. So uh, stay with us. How long were you willing to go before you reach your selfish goals? Punchline after punchline. like to help out with the talking dead podcast you can do so by going to our patreon page at patreon.com slash the talking dead you can make a small monthly pledge there that really helps us with putting on the podcast all the money collected goes into the equipment and the software and the hosting and all the kind of stuff we need to record every week and uh, keep it coming so 
Um, we, we really appreciate the support we get from everybody. If you want to check that out, visit patreon.com slash the talking dead. You can also use our Amazon links when you do all your shopping at amazon.com or the ver- a variety of other Amazon stores around the world. If you visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon, there'll be links there for hopefully the local store of your choice. There's an American one, of course, Canadian, and a bunch in Europe too. So uh, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon. Choose the store that's most relevant to you. And uh, then when you do all your shopping there, a tiny little cut comes back to us and it doesn't cost you an extra penny. So it's a really great and easy way to help out. We thank everyone so much for all your support. Listener feedback. All right, we are back and we are going to do a little bit of listener feedback for this episode. I've got some emails here. So the way this works is I read the emails and then uh, we can comment on them if necessary. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Sounds good. Um, This first one comes from Austin and I guess, I don't know, maybe this is my mistake. Austin, I wrote down Clee Vegas. I don't know if that's a place or if I made a typo. (laughs) Austin in Clee Vegas. Maybe it's Las Vegas and I mispasted. I don't know. Anyways, Austin, sorry about that. (laughs) Or was his last name Clee? I don't know. I don't usually say people's last names. So uh, maybe. So anyways, Austin. Or maybe it's Clee Vegas from Austin. No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Austin writes, such an incredible episode. Great story of Nick's journey. To his new destination. I was on the edge of my seat basically the entire time. Most of all, I loved the camera and directing work. There were several shots that were just incredible. I looked up the director, Daniel Sackheim. It seems that he has done several great shows such as House, one that I love, X-Files, and Game of Thrones. Hopefully he is more involved even with the main show. Um, so Daniel Sackheim as a director has directed the main show a couple hmm. times. Okay. And you're right. He's done some, he's done some good work. Well, so it's interesting that Austin mentions like the camera work and the shots because, and this is something I didn't mention and maybe I should have, and now I will. It's okay. That's um, what the listeners are for. Yeah, they, they bring stuff up. I like had this. it in my notes, but I didn't. Um, so the title of the episode is grotesque, right? And if you look up the definition of grotesque, it's. Or just know it. Or know it, which I knew it. <laughs> of course. I just was like, and unfortunately I didn't write the actual definition down, but everyone, I'm, I'm pretty confident that all our listeners know what grotesque means. It's, <laughs> you know, when something is hideous, ugly or hideous, but disgusting. it also can mean that we're, when something turns into something ugly and hideous. Okay. Uh-huh. So like it can, anyway. Um, and I thought that the title of the episode was very appropriate on a f- on a number of levels and one of them was what Austin is referencing about the shots is the number of shots that we had where the camera really focused in on like like the carcass of the dog mm. it held on that carcass for 
longer than I was com- like I was like okay I see the dog's guts let's just move it along like I and then you he know. eats them yeah and then I was like oh and <laughs> I'm very squeamish and yet I watch these shows um so and and it did it a few times it also did it like um it focused in on uh the carcass of like the guy that got torn apart like it and so I think that sort of Again, it reinforced the whole grotesque element. Yep. Um, as well as just Nick's current overall state. Like, I mean, he's and um, things he's doing. Like, he's eating the dog carcass. He's peeing and drinking his own pee, and then he's eating a cactus and vomiting. And like, and it's and he's and he's sort of getting more grotesque as yeah. we go. So oh, yeah, he's, he's gross all the time. So I think the director did a great job at sort of capturing the grotesqueness. Yeah, a couple things. I think. Um... It was definitely grotesque, but to contrast that, it was a really well shot yeah. episode. No, I'm, um, I'm not saying it totally was yeah. in that because of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. grotesque shots yeah. were really good. Yeah. Um, but the I don't know who the director of photography on this was, but great, great job there. Really cinematic at times, I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that reminds me, too, that scene with the dog carcass. You see... You know, the camera's by the the dead dog and you see Nick jump off the off the van and we just hold on that. And he kind of scrambles over to it. Right. Like he's got this busted leg and he kind of scrambles over almost on his hands a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. he looks like an animal coming to eat the dead other animal. Well, and then you see the zombie Mm -hmm. that can't walk and is crawling juxtaposed with Nick. And it's like, oh my God, they look the same, right? That was actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing, just because of the way, how animalistic Nick looked in that scene. And then when he goes to take the belt off the zombie, he, he crawls over to that on his hands and feet, sort of, not really even on his knees, and he just looks like this weird monster coming yeah, over yeah. to get over on the He's zombie. grotesque. Totally, totally yeah. grotesque. So mm-hmm. super well done. And, uh, you know, this, um, the director and everyone involved in, in making this one did a, did a really great job. Uh, next email comes from Pete in California. Hey, guys, did you notice the Nick waking up theme? This episode starts with Nick waking up. I was reminded of the very first scene of the series in the abandoned church when Nick wakes up and discovers his girlfriend has become a zombie. We also had Nick waking up to a crazed woman swinging a baseball bat at his head Mm -hmm. and later waking up to vicious dogs. Poor guy keeps getting rudely awakened. Yeah, he can't get a good night's rest. (laughs) So he had to turn to drugs. That's his problem. (laughs) Jeez. Just get some sleep. Everything would be fine. Uh, Christine in Northwest England, but originally Southern Illinois, writes, Holy crap, did you see that gratuitous animal violence in episode eight? What? You missed that part? Yeah, me too. I despise animal violence. I refuse to watch it. I may be in the minority here, but it disturbs me greatly. I know that sounds weird, as I'm watching a show about the Walking Dead who continually tear the flesh off of other humans, Mm. but throw in a dog, even an evil, snarling one, into the mix and I am out. Do you think that they are throwing in the animal violence as a way to up the ante on violence without throwing a bunch of kids to the walkers to snack on? Have they, I'm trying to remember when in this series or even in the original series, if we've seen much violence against violence, your phone Siri is listening to us. Oh my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's weird. That's all right. Maybe I said hey something and she heard me. Um, yeah. Have we seen that? Like any animal? I'm trying animal to think. Of, I'm trying to remember if we've seen animal violence in like the original series because I have. I have to. With, the listener's name is Christine. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. I don't do well with animal violence. It really does bother me more so than than human violence. Yeah, I can't like handle. That seeing like we were you know i'm not going to talk about it because in case our listeners haven't watched all of preacher yet there there was one thing in preacher that really bothered me and it was like an animal violence thing and i was like oh my god why would they do that i don't do well with it either right so i wasn't although this one i felt like it was um more masked by the horde you couldn't see the dogs what i didn't like is when you could hear them yelp like that was like okay come on even though obviously in reality, dogs would yelp if that happened to them. Of they course. would be upset and they'd be whimpering and yelping. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, if... uh, I, I cut Christine's email down a little bit, but okay. she did list a few of the other times there have been animal violence. But uh, in the main show, we've had a number of dogs uh, be be eaten. Not necessarily always see it, but we see dog carcasses getting snacked on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had a few horses go down yeah. in the main show. Yeah, I think um, I remember a horse going down. Back on the back at the prison, Rick had to drive around and throw the little piggies to the zombies. Remember the pigs? To to uh, distract them. Oh, I right? do remember that. I remember <laughs> it really upsetting. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that so at all. That little, was I was like I remember thinking, oh, cheap shot, the guys. Little pigs. Come on. Um, on uh, on this show. Shoot, I had one. Now it's left there my was brain. one on this show before this one. I th- I feel like there was. I think so. May I don't know. I thought I had one, hmm. but anyways, like back in L.A. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um. So yes, plenty of animals have have uh, met their end on certainly the main show and now this one as well. So, but a lot the, of humans too. So yeah, plenty of humans, plenty it's kind of zombies. Of, yeah. So, um, but I get it. I don't like seeing animals you know, killed either. Well, because there's, you know, more of an innocence to animals than there is to humans, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I did think it was, uh, I mean, it's, I don't even know what the right word was, but it was kind of interesting to see see the dogs attack the zombies in this. Like the dogs ran at them and lunged yeah. at them, right? These well, were attack dogs. You'd think, no, but yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, I feel like, You'd think that the animal would pick up on the scent and be like, wait a minute, something's not right here, and they'd run away. But I guess because maybe they were trained trained attack dogs, they went after the the horde. Or maybe maybe the horde didn't smell bad enough yet because we are dealing right now with fairly fresh zombies compared to what we have Mm -hmm. in... The original we're, series we're now. Years into the original yeah, show. Yeah, we're years into the original series, so they're all really, really disgusting now. Mm-hmm. But I think those dogs I think the dog I think a dog could handle one zombie. The problem was there was a whole bunch of them there. Yeah, so, there was a horde. Right. So. The dog it looked like it uh, there was a couple dogs, but at least the one we saw, it looked like it took down at least one zombie, but then just gets overwhelmed. Yeah. So maybe they're trained to like take out stray zombies and protect people or something. Yeah, maybe that's what they were doing there. So, mm. um, next up is Midge on the internet. Midge is a, a new listener and first time emailer. She said, 
and she writes, my holy crap moment has to be Nick, Nick, and more Nick. Is this the first time the show has had a one-character-focused episode? I was hoping he'd meet a cheesemaker, but I guess it would have been a queso-maker. <laughs> so that's, of course, a reference to uh, Morgan going off and meeting uh, his cheesemaker. Oh, right. That guy. Uh, Eastman. Uh, yeah, who taught him to defend himself and not kill Right. Taught him that all life is precious. All life is precious. Um, So, yeah, that was a a Morgan Bottle episode. This was kind of a Nick Bottle episode where it's just all about Nick. Limited number of characters, in this case one. We saw Madison, but it was in a flashback. Flashback, yeah. Um, And no cheesemaker or queso maker. Nope. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Although I think that Nick would have preferred a drug maker. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Depends on how he's feeling. It's hard to tell. Friend of the show, Adam, writes, love the show being back. How cool would it be if each of the first three episodes were about each of the three splinters of our group? Travis and Son get their own episode, and Madison and Strand get their own. Strandalone episode. (laughs) Zing. Zing. Well, actually, it's interesting they point that out, because I was thinking the same thing. That Like, yeah, now that they've done Nick, they should then move on to Chris and Travis or to Madison and Strand in no particular order, like one first, mm-hmm. the next. Yeah. I would be I okay with that. I the that. same thing. Yeah. Like sort of get it sort of um, set up I of f- where things are going. I f- based on the react- some of the reaction to this episode, I feel like people wouldn't like that. But but I don't know. And that that's just because people said they thought this one was kind of slow and boring at times. Hmm. It, but just because it focuses on one group or one set of characters doesn't mean it's going to be slow and boring. So I think it could work. I think it would yeah. be cool. I would like to see that. I have a feeling that's not what's going to happen, to be honest. I think starting next week, we're going to get a little bit of each of them. Um, but who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Gemma in South Wales writes, I have been super excited about the return of fear and tonight for me did not disappoint. I found the whole episode tense, engaging, gory, and thrilling. It reminded me of a lost episode and I like the flashback format. I also find Nick to be the most interesting character and I don't mind spending a whole hour with him. I definitely think he's our main character. Yeah. See, she sort of agrees with me on that one. Yeah. On like that he is the most interesting character. Yeah. For sure. And this, this was very reminiscent of Lost, eh? Where where we have, I mean, where we have what's going on on the island or mm-hmm. on the road to Tijuana. Yeah. And then we get actual multiple flashbacks, flashbacks. of something relevant in yeah. that character's past. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I think that, I think that's a pretty apt comparison. comparison and and yeah. I do like the format, you know, Walking Dead, the main show does mini flashbacks now and then um this show has done i think i think fear's done a couple here and there but this was like flashback to you know add context to the overall story and it worked pretty well Mm -hmm. uh troy on facebook on our facebook page writes do you think the writers and producers sit around a table and intentionally come up with ways to piss off the fans (laughs) i mean seriously this was probably the most boring episode of both shows they've ever produced. The story would have been better told, interweaved with the other stories. Seriously, a Nick story for the mid-season premiere? Good God. So not a Nick fan, I guess. <laughs> not, a, not a fan, not that's for sure. Not a Nick fan and maybe just too slow 
for I mean, I can see what people mean by, yeah, like it was a bit slow. Um, but again, like I said before, I feel like slow is not always a bad thing. Like I know people who they gave up on Bloodline because it was too slow. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I love Bloodline. Me too. So good. And yes, it's a bit slow, but it works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes shows just take time. Yeah. And it's a slow burn. Um, this was just one episode. And if you didn't mm-hmm. like it, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's not for everyone. And I totally get that. Yeah. Totally get, totally get that. Along those lines, uh, Robin from our Facebook page wrote, best part, zombies eating asshole dogs. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and random homeless chick beating Nick like a drum. Worst part, the rest for not continuing the other's character storyline yeah, from the okay. end of the last run. So All right. I think people maybe are just a little bit anxious to find out what's going on with everybody else. And no yeah, one, I get it. No I one, mean, they all split up. You want to know? Yeah, I yeah. do too. I think, and maybe no one really expected them to come back with this kind of bottle episode, right? Yeah. They want to be like, what's everyone doing? Where are they going? And I, I guess, you know what? I can see why people may be upset like maybe it wasn't the best place to put this episode it's the first episode back after the hiatus like Mm -hmm. maybe it would have been better used like a a bottle episode at some point you know a bit further in Mm -hmm. right yeah um so i can i can understand why people are like maybe frustrated like really this is what you give us for the first episode back yep and i've i've questioned their positioning of episodes before mostly on the main show Mm -hmm. but uh you're right this is the kind of episode that you almost could drop in yeah somewhere somewhere right and then then, yeah maybe it would have been better um to be putting in like to start this half of the season with like okay let's catch up with all our characters not just the one right so no i i get why but you know I what? I get why people feel that way. I think you also but, need yeah. it's you can have a, a a reaction to something like this. Um, but one thing I've learned, actually, one thing I've learned doing this podcast for so long, is that sometimes you need a little bit of perspective. And uh, yes, I it's totally valid if you if you don't like it now, but after the next seven episodes and the season is done, I just encourage everyone to consider it as a whole and see if you still feel this way because mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes feelings change mm-hmm. and i know that's you know something that happens to me all the time um but we'll see all right finally uh josh from our facebook page writes um i'm really enjoying the fresh landscapes and locales it looks like the folks in mexico handled the zombie apocalypse much better than we did in the states Really looking forward to coming to the coming weeks and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind yeah. of in a way. Yeah. That's, especially if that community that, that Nick got town, to. The little village. They seem to have that set up and thriving pretty quick. So yeah. uh, that, uh, yeah, maybe they know what they're doing down in, in Mexico that much better. I don't know. They should just stay in Tijuana from now on. Yeah. It's, hey, Krusty the Clown once said, Tijuana, the happiest place in Mexico. No, the happiest place on earth. Didn't he call it the happiest place? Oh, yeah, he said, I'm taking you to the happiest place on earth, Tijuana, Mexico. Did he even say it or did it say it on the sign as they were 
driving bus. It said it on the sign too, but he said it. I think he said, I'm taking it. Did he say, I'm taking the happiest place on earth? And the kids are like, Disneyland? He's like, no, Tijuana, Mexico. Well, I've never, we've been close. We were in San Diego and then like just across the border is Tijuana, right? But we've never been. Except I don't know how close across the border, like. Well, that's not I that far. I need a map. It's not that <laughs> far. Anyways, that's the closest we've been yeah. to Tijuana or anywhere in Mexico. I've never yeah. been to Mexico. No. Uh, so someday maybe we'll go there and find out if it's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> I'm sure it's pretty fun. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. And uh, look at that. It's been almost an hour and a half that we've Jeez, been we've recording. Been... Almost. Uh, I know. It's great. Uh, so that is going My to Fitbit do it. My Fitbit is telling me to wind down for bed. Oh, <laughs> mine. I sit here too long and it tells me to move. It's like, um, are you still alive? <laughs> you haven't moved in six hours. Uh, so I'll get up after we finish this and walk around the house. Um, anyways, that is it. So, uh, thank you for filling in for Jason. No problem. Anytime. All right. It was it was cool. He'll be back. It was I, fun. I think he'll be back next week. I don't I don't know. We'll have to see. If not, I'm totally cool with doing this again. All right. Or maybe I'll get Hopefully the listeners were happy with me. I'm sure it'll be. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. All our listeners are very nice people. <laughs> I get emails all the time. I have no doubt about that. Very nice people. Um so yeah, maybe Jason will be back next week. Maybe not. Maybe we'll have another guest star on, or maybe. guest guest star, guest host, guest host. Yeah, Sarah star. did offer. I know that's true. I could get someone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us, there's lots of ways to do that. If you visit the website talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on send voicemail. You can record a message right into your computer that it will send over to us. And as I like to remind people recently, uh, you can also just. Like everyone walks around with a, an iPhone or a smartphone or something, and most of them have voice recording apps. So if you want to, just record yourself into that and then email it to us. It's a super easy way to to get a good quality recording uh, over to me. Um, the email is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, send all your emails to there. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. All right. Until next time, my name is Chris. I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>